We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. John Van Brassen drops back, throws an arching pass upfield. Reggie Townfields gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score from Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 feet. There's a whole burst to it. 20. Nice steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back. Number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back, Michael Stewart. Man, what an offseason thus far. And there are a lot of different ways to go with it. And the numbers are out for most of the transactions and all the the restructures. It's been an interesting week for the Rams and free agency. Mike? Hey, well, welcome back for what is going to be a midweek podcast now. Yeah. And B, how you doing? Man, doing good. And I'm like you, man. There is a lot going on in the world of sports, namely our LA Rams. So, man, uh, man, I'm looking forward to this one tonight. See what we're going to get into. See what we find out. And try to look down, look through this uh, crystal ball that we have, imaginary. But anyway, uh, and see what's going to be the next play. But, you know, we talked about last time, uh, it it looks like whatever plan they have, they're executing a plan. So there's been some talk uh, in these earlier months, probably end of the year, leading into the offseason on the direction they would take. And you can see by a number of the moves that they're now making uh, pretty much what is in store. I mean, there's a lot to talk about today, and there's also a few other NFL notes, which we just can't ignore. But let's get into it. I mean, let's get into the Rams themselves. Last, well, When we last podcasted, within an hour of us getting offline, Michael Brocker just traded him. Uh, I, oh man, talk about bittersweet. Talk about bittersweet. Michael Brockers traded to the Detroit Lions for 
a seventh round pick. A seventh round pick. One more time. A seventh round pick. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, Mike, your thoughts, man. Yeah, man, that that was a little bit of one that, you know, catches you off guard. But, you know, as we talked about before, we, we figured we would see what was going to happen in those weeks or last weeks now that when things became a little more live. Uh, but it's just interesting to see that direction being that uh, seemed like he had probably one of the better years since he's been around. It was in my view, his best is a Ram. And, and I know that the Rams must have felt like they could bear to lose him because of the rise of Sebastian Joseph Day and Sean Robinson now past whatever issues he had and he could play a full season. So they're basically doubled up a run stuffer. But man, Michael Brockers, I mean, he earned finally respect for me. I mean, I, I can tell you, I've said, you know, I've said, it. I've always, I've long felt that he didn't live up to the first round uh, expectation that he that came with him. He's been a steady veteran, he's been a solid veteran, but never really, in my view, showed out. And I believe like last year was his best year. He showed out, and that was after nearly leaving for the Ravens. And I honestly feel bad for the guy because you're going to the Lions, man. Last year you had the Ravens thing gone through, he would have been on a a contender. You're, the Lions are not a contender right now. And no, they're not. I, I gotta be honest, Mike, I feel I feel bad in that respect for him. I know part of it too is, from what we understand, he did not, uh, he could not reach an agreement with the Rams to restructure. Would they need to restructure? We're about to talk about those in a minute. So I think some of it is probably on him in that respect. That they, on his side, he wasn't either unwilling or wasn't able to restructure. I'm not sure which is which. Um, so there is some responsibility on him. But man, the sending the Lions. Well, you got to think. You know, there's some of we're going to call that uh, Rams East now. You got a <laughs> yeah. number of uh, personnel people, some coaches, some players, and now more players. So. I, I think sometimes familiarity in that sense, but, you know, you, you look at uh, Brock's and, you know, I would say, you know, you never want to get in people's pocket like that, but let's get in his pocket. I would say that at this point, being a first original high pick, uh, somewhat been at the top of that pay scale the whole time he's been in the league. Uh, you wouldn't hope it was about money, but sometimes it is money. And or its principle. So if they're like, hey, we need you to restructure. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm going to. I know that maybe he felt like, hey, I can get my money somewhere else. And some people say, no, I'm going to go ahead and get all of my money, whatever that is. But you you just got to. You know, sometimes they like say that. In the league, you want to play for two organizations, maybe even a third, just to know between the ones that you played where you may have had it best or just to have comparison. I'm one like, yeah, you don't really need to have comparisons. You need to have what's cool for you and your family if you have one and how that works out for you to want to come to work every day. So I just don't know that. Detroit is going to be that place. Everybody can sell you on, oh man, with you here, we're going to build around you and we're going to do all that. And then you start losing and then you get into November and December when it's snowing and you can't even go anywhere. You go like, yeah, I don't like living here, let alone working here. So I think you just got to take all those things into consideration when you're going somewhere. So hopefully it's a better situation for him overall. But yeah. I don't know that you can beat a situation where you're playing alongside of the best defender, D lineman in the league, and now you got to go be a guy where, again, all intents purposes, he couldn't be that guy by himself. So now he's got to go be that guy by himself, and it'll be interesting to see how it looks. I'm, I guess. You know, for you know, for me, I pride myself on being as objective as possible. And this one, I found just hard to be objective. 
The same for the John Johnson signing, the Cleveland. Those ones stung a bit. A couple of them stung this time. And it's a little bit rare for me to, to, to you know, feel that way. It's like, usually I could just kind of just like, okay, you're covering the team, you're not going to be. But John Johnson going to Cleveland stung me. The trade for Brockers, the way it happened, stung me. And I, I guess I guess something's wrong with me there. <laughs> it, it it got to me as much as it did. So there's other Rams now, former Rams signing elsewhere as well. We're gonna get into them before we do. What I ask you to head over to Apple Music, please leave a five star review. And also, we are looking for sponsors for the 2021 calendar year, the off season, the into the summer, into the actual season coming up. But believe it or not, despite all these players. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just leaving. Expectations are still high. The nucleus is still here. And you got Matthew Stafford as your starting quarterback, a guy who, by all intents and purposes, some, at least a few believe will make this team a contender for the Super Bowl, despite other roster spots being left open this year. So it's a great year to, to jump in. New quarterback, new coaching staff, basically in, in place. This is going to be an interesting year to watch the Rams. So head over. Leave a five-star review, or if you're interested in sponsoring us as we cover this whole thing, we'd appreciate it. And a word from our sponsors here. All right, so Mike, you and I, we've, over the course of the last couple of months, we've actually talked about how the Rams financially just seem to make things work. And got to give credit here to Kenneth Arthur over at Turf Show Times. He did a good job of breaking this down. The restructures that took place, and this is pretty complicated stuff. You can, you can find the article over there. I'll make sure to put it in our podcast notes as well. We broke it down. It, Found it over there at overthecap.com. Check this out. Check this out. Aaron Donald took $18 million in salary, converted into a bonus, bringing his cap number to 14.3. His cap numbers for 2022 and 2023, 2024, they're they're pretty steep. They're pretty steep, but considering the fact that it's Aaron Donald, it's there. Jalen Ramsey converted $16 million in salary. Out to a bonus, bringing his cap numbers to 9.7, a 23.2 million cap hit in 2022, 25.2 in 2023. Matter of fact, the Rams will, you know, according to this, uh, the Rams can't get anything by cutting him until 2024. He'll be 30 then. I don't know if you noticed this one, Mike. This is interesting. Andrew Whitworth will incur a 5.6 mil cap hit next year. That's it. But here's the one that really stood out to me. His cap hit is 14.6 mil in 2022. And the team would save 13 mil by cutting him. That kind of tells a story about Andrew Whitworth. (laughs) For sure. I mean, if I'm... I mean, you tell me, Mike... What's this say about Andrew Whitworth's time as a Ram or in the NFL left? Oh, it's on uh, a very short 
piece of rope at this point. Pretty Matter much. of fact, I don't I don't know if it's on even a it's it's on some threads. It's not on rope. It's on threads. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. You know, I think Andrew, well, Andrew Worth obviously agreed to this, so I think it's something the team has agreed to. What we're saying here, at least what I'm saying, and I think Mike's in the same wavelength, is the way they broke this down. Whitworth basically agreed to a pay cut. He's going to play one more year, retire. That's what it looks like to me. Because I'll cut him next year anyways to save 13 mil. So he'll either retire or they're going to come as it is. And he agreed to that. So it took basically, in my view, a pay cut down to 5.6 to keep this team together as much as possible. Did I read that right? Of course. <clears throat> of course. Excuse me. Now, the only thing we don't know is, you know, they may have said, hey, Wit, I mean, you, you got a starting position here. You know, we all know next year is probably going to be your last one. Man, why don't you play it out here and go out with the bang, get your ring. Hey, we need you to kind of do this. Or we just got to cut you right out, you know, straight out right now. And then there's nothing. He can say, well, you know what? Forget you guys. I'll go get some money on the open market. No, you won't, Wit. So, <laughs> yeah, it looks like that is. And you never know because uh, a lot of these, what they don't have is what the incentives are. So mm -hmm. there could literally be, hey, Wit, we need you to help us out here, but we'll put it back on the back end as some type of uh, performance bonus or something that you know that he can make up some of it that way but typically they don't put a lot of the the bonus situations in because it's just kind of money that happens after you earn it i mean i mean honestly dude i think he would have made something on the market he's still a phenomenal shit yeah, i don't think he would have made 20 million bucks or anything but i think he would have made more than 5.6 I think that he wanted to retire in L.A., A. That was a talk even at the end of the season. He was contemplating, was this the year to retire or not? I think we've all known. I, well, I think I told it, you last it, year. I told you last year he wasn't playing out all three years. Oh, again, all these contracts, guys are never going to make it. They're not going to sign you for six and go, yeah, we're going to absolutely let you play and make all that money on the six. No, we'll come after two. Maybe renegotiate a different one if you're still playing. But, mm -hmm. yeah, none of these contracts, you ever see guys really playing them out to the end, especially when they're at the end of their career, with maybe the exception of Tom Brady. But other than that, yeah, you sign a four-year deal, you might play too. I mean, I just, especially in his. Like, in his deal, I'm thinking – at the time when this, I, I'm pretty sure I said in the podcast too, I'm thinking they're going to want to save money at the end. Now, what I didn't see happening them doing a full restructure to what they did here. I mean, they, they pretty much, I mean, he just took, he took a pay cut. There's no way he took a pay cut and he, he has to know they're cutting him next year. He, they saved 13 mil by letting him go. But they don't, yeah, I don't they think... will. And so, yeah. But, you know, again, who knows if he has, you know, a bang up year, maybe he won't make all that he, but maybe Stafford says, hey, I need to have Witt back. Okay. Well, he's playing at a high level. Yeah, we'll go sign him to a two year deal, knowing they'll release him after the second. But, you know, that way they can give him a little more pay, maybe up front in a bonus. But even in that deal, Besides, that's why I was pretty surprised with Tom Brady basically getting a two-year guaranteed contract. I was like, huh? They don't ever really do those kinds of things mm -hmm. when you're truly at the end of your career. You know what I mean? And does end of career mean you can't play? No, it just means you probably only going to play at this high level this next year, you know, or somewhat of a high level. So, yeah, it doesn't mean you can't play. It just doesn't mean you're going to play as as well as you did a few years before. So, uh, yeah, to your point. But, again, you get settled. You like what's going on. And, again, if you've made money at this stage of the game, it shouldn't really be about money. It should be a little bit more, you know. 
And people are like, oh, no, make all you can. Well, if you got 10 million in the bank, you should be pretty cool, you know? So I think it's more than that, though. I th- this is my theory. And, and Come on, what you the, got? It's a DC Apollo theory that is probably worth zero. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, well, A, the Whitworths have pretty much made the LA area home. They've really become part of the community there. Yes. B, Big Wits well loved on this team and loved on the staff. You know, uh, my my guess is honestly, he play he plays out twenty twenty one. He retires and there's a spot just sitting there waiting for him on the Rams coaching staff. I bet you he got. I bet you that's right where it's going because where have they been losing most of their coaches? True. And that might be, and it could be something that even happens this year. Did they have a handshake deal? Hey, Whit, we want you to start the year off. We're going to let you go and then bring you back. I mean, it didn't happen to that degree, but, you know, I played with a great lineman named Doug Smith, you know, one of the all-time great centers for the Rams. He had something like that that happened. You know, they drafted uh, Burn Brostick. And they just kind of were going to make that guy. And, and you know, they talked to Doug, I think. And he was like, what? Wait a minute. I've, I've been starting. I was playing high level last year. Like you guys aren't, you know, most guys at, at the end of our careers, the thing is, just let me compete and see what see how it goes. You know, but uh, Doug, you know, he got released. And then, uh, you know, a couple weeks later. He was back coaching with us. So uh, you are probably on to that because that would be good de- a good, good, good way to do it. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. No, that's, that's a very good, very good observation, DC. Very good observation. And, you know, he seems like he has that type of personality. He'd make a great O line coach. I, I think. That's a big part. Like, look how he's fit onto this organization. I mean, the guy came into the LA area, really is bought into it. He's, I mean, I can't, you've never heard anybody say just even a crossword about him, period. And there's a lot of knowledge locked away in his brain about offensive line work. I mean, my my view, I wouldn't, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if they are already either you know, remember Joe Nopin, what we all thought was drafted to eventually take over at left tackle. And there were a couple times when he stepped in at left tackle and did fine. That may be where they go. Or they have they have a good amount of picks here post round one. They could get somebody in there developmentally. And Attach that dude at Big Wit's hip. Yes, and that's where he, wherever Wit goes, you go, dude. And that's that's his project. And then he takes over with the offensive line next year. It's just a thought. It wouldn't surprise me. And the Rams have been actually pretty good at developing people post, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. So uh, that's my prediction. I'm sticking to it. Might be wrong. Oh well. Uh, Cooper Cup. Five point three million cap hit for twenty twenty one now. Twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, uh, bigger hits. Matter of fact, if they cut him, like twenty twenty three, it hits them hard. Eighteen million dollars. Okay, twenty twenty four. Even even if he's on the team or not, the Rams will pay four point six against the cap cut. Team if he's or not. Robert Woods restructures 5.875 now for 2021, but goes up to 15.7 in 2022. Dead cap, 12.1 if they cut. Now, <laughs> we've learned the dead cap is meaningless to the Rams. Um, they always find a way around it. But the, the odds go, they do go down quite a bit. The Rams will actually move either of these guys. Looks like Stafford. Um, Pretty much has his receiving core set for the next couple of years. And those restructures 
according to Arthur, open up a $10.25 million cap space. Of course, some of that was, was spent to get a, to get the Sean Jackson, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But overall, that's some freaking good work by the Rams. I mean, you just ba- you worked with your core guys, by the way. Right. Your core guys. And what I like about this is you, you just sent me this this week. We've been harping about TV contracts. So lo and behold, the right. mecca like that. of TV yeah. contracts goes out, gets signed this week. Folks, this salary cap is jumping big. Huge. In the next two years. So this, the way the Rams move back this money, they have, they're going to have cap space to absorb this stuff in the next two years. It won't be, it won't be perfect, but it was the right move. They, they did all this knowing the cap's going to explode the next two years. We're going to go from $182, $85 million cap to like $220 million real quick. So taking some medicine, moving things around. This is a great job by the Rams. Great job. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I like how you said taking some medicine and moving some around. It reminds me when I was younger and uh, me and my brother, we'd go over to my grandmother's house and she had the room and she grew up in uh, South Carolina, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So, some parts of her house would be freezing. And so we'd be like, Grandma, I'm not turning that heat on way back here. So she would make these things we call a hot water bottle. And so <laughs> it made me think of that when you said taking medicine in a hot water bottle in that cold room under the bed was just a mason jar filled with warm, hot water. And uh, next thing you know, we wake up, it's in morning time. So as you said, the Rams have done a, a magnificent job, and with this new cap, with all this new money, and anytime I start seeing uh, Jeff Bezos' name attached to something, money is going to be coming to the table. So Amazon Prime is going to be part of the package and different things uh, with streaming and all these things that are now going to be available for all of us viewers. Uh, and I can't imagine. You know, especially with stadiums now with people in them and the way they can pipe in sound and different stuff. I can't imagine the online viewing situation that will be with some of these companies now getting on board. I just this is this is pretty big, I think, for where they're going here future wise money. You know, again, this is why they didn't need to cut down. The cap. This is this is idiocy. They only hurt the teams that are willing to spend money. Quite frankly, but we we beaten that horse quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. All right. So, other stuff going on. Other stuff going on. Deshaun Jackson signs with the Rams. Oh, DJ. Oh, yep. Your reaction to the signing? I'm I'm ecstatic in the sense that when you're talking about having a deep threat, this dude can still get down the field. Now, the only thing is going to be you're back now closer to your homeboys, homegirls, family, all those types of things. You know, I think that was one of the reasons out of high, out of college, I mean high school, uh, out of poly, I believe. He didn't go to SC, and he ended up going to Cal up north, kind of get out the area. So hopefully, as him coming back, being around or closer to family and friends, he can just, you know, stay focused and do what the Deshaun Jackson early years of Philly. And even, uh, you know, before he was getting banged up again out there, he showed that he can still get behind the defense. And when you're talking about a guy who can run, this guy can run and he can catch too. So I think this whole idea about the Sean McVay offense, I think we will see uh, 
a truly magnificent offense this year as far as getting deep. Uh, and I think that's what happened with the Josh Reynolds. I think that writing was on the wall. So, but this guy can get deep. So Stafford, big arm, running game going. Now you got the threat of a guy like him. Oh, that's going to open it up. Cooper Cup may have his biggest year again. And, you know, everybody else who's involved with that offensive passing game. Uh, now, here's my concerns. Well, positive What's first. your concern? Positives first. All right. You could pull the film of his 81-yard touchdown catch in week 16. This year, you know the guy can definitely still run. Absolutely. He averaged 16.9 yards a catch, 17.7 last year in 2019, 18.9 is a 32-year-old in Tampa. It's last year in Tampa. In Tampa, pre-Tom Brady. So, he could definitely still run. Here's the problem. Has played, has not played a full season since 2013. What you talking about? Has not played a full season since 2013. What you talking about, Derek? Go look. <laughs> Go look. I'm messing with you. Okay. Closest game was 2016. We keeping it positive. Uh, hold on, hold on. The, the the positive is he can still run. That's what the Rams need. The guy can still run. They need a guy who can fly on the outside. They got. They have the route runners. They need somebody who can definitively stretch the field. Jackson still has the speed to do that, and he proved it. Jalen Hurts, by the way, threw him the 81-yard pass. The negative, really, with him is he hasn't stayed healthy since 2013. Not a full season. So, 2020, five games, 14 catches. 2019, three games, nine catches. 2018, 12 games, 10 starts. 2017, 14 games, 13 starts. 16, 15 games, 15 starts. 2015, 9 games, 9 starts. So, Deshaun Jackson has had the darndest time staying healthy throughout the latter part of his career. That said, on a one-year deal, filling a need, they need Somebody who can stretch the field. We've been harping on that for the longest time. Somebody who can stretch, stretch, stretch. We thought we had that in Brandon Cooks, then Brandon Cooks had his injuries. Now, of course, look at Deshaun Jackson, and he's had his injuries. Can he stay healthy for one season? That's what the Rams are hoping on, and, and the key thing is he's cheap for that. When the Rams, when the Rams signed Brandon Cooks, that was... We know because <laughs> that deal hurt the Rams hardcore with dead money when they chose to get rid of him. This one, if if Jackson doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's a one year deal, and he we know he can still run. I I, I like it. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a win win for everyone. Uh, obviously, for him, he's going for sure get paid next year. Uh, again, you have an opportunity to be. This, no matter how you slice it, new stadium, real fans, it's like this would be the time to be in LA, you know? And so you got a lot of positive that way. You, you really can't beat the weather. Uh, obviously, LA traffic is a bummer, but, you know, COVID traffic has been a lot better for a lot of people I know down south. But, once they open everything truly back up, uh, then you got to still deal with the traffic. But that's a little hiccup because where the facility is located in Thousand Oaks, the only traffic you really have to deal with is maybe on game day. Uh, not sure where they would stay uh, hotel wise out there, but they're they're close enough to, you know, Santa Monica, different places like that that. They could somewhat be out of Inglewood and close enough to get there. But you take all the positives. I think this is a huge plus for the Ram offense, for the team. Uh, but I do agree. We need to keep this guy on the field. But I'm going to say with the way 
I would assume Coach McVay is going to run the offense. He should have plenty of opportunity to have a nice, healthy season. We thought that, by the way. We thought that with Brandon Cooks. When they started having him run across the middle. I've never understood that one. But, again, it's worth the risk. I didn't like it at first. When we first texted, you could probably tell from the way we were texting back and forth about that I was not thrilled. Uh, But I've come around on it. You know, it took me a week, but I have come around on it. I'm, I'm cool with it. So well, I think, you know, as you're saying, when you look at kind of all the deals that have done, the restructuring, and now you're going, okay, I can see how that is. I can see how this is. Man, I hate to lose that guy, but we're able to get this guy. This is, in all intents and purposes, a low-level situation. If it works, it's going to be money. If it doesn't work, you'll go, okay, we, we pay for a one-year situation. Nothing, you know, held around our, our, our necks, so we should be fine. And you cannot forget about my favorite guy is Van Jefferson. So I, I just oh, think I that guy is going to be a difference maker. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits into the scheme uh, this upcoming season. I mean, I haven't forgotten about, about him at all. I'm... I'm I'm thinking he's the big X factor. If they can get him involved in this offense more, yes, I mean that changes everything. So <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. All right, other things going on, real quick. Just a quick summary: the Rams. Here are the signings. Free agent tracker here. John Johnson going to the Browns three years from the Rams. Samson Ibukam, two years, deal worth roughly $12 million. Troy Hill going to the Browns, two years, $9 million. That one caused me to scratch my head. Like you couldn't find four and a half million a year to keep Troy Hill. That one did, uh, that one did cause me to scratch my head a little bit. Morgan Fox goes to the Panthers, two years, 8.1. Gerald Everett, one year for $6 million to Seattle. Derek Rivers, one year, three mil to Houston. Uh, Malcolm Brown goes to Miami for one year for 1.7 mil. Josh Reynolds, don't know the terms of that deal yet. Jake McQuay goes for a year to Dallas. And we're, we still have Austin Blythe sitting out there, one of our free agents. And, uh, of course, the Rams did sign Deshaun Jackson. The other big deal was Leonard Floyd coming back as well. That's that was the big money deal they signed, and that's basically the gist of the Rams transactions. Now, Mike, go to NFL.com. They have two articles, two articles there that one chronicles the best free agency deals, and one chronicles the worst free agency deals, which. In the article, this one's by Greg Rosenthal. Which article do you think the Deshaun Jackson signing was on? Was it on the best deal or worst deal list? No, no best peeking. Deal. Best deal. You sure? Sure. All right. Guess what? You're right. You're one for one. One for one. Okay, best deal or worst deal list. Leonard Floyd, four years, $64 million. Best deal or worst deal? Uh, Worst deal. Worst deal is correct. Do you agree with that assessment? I don't. Why? Uh, I, I think he's going to show up and I think it's going to end up being the best deal for us. Okay. You know, because I think you got some continuity in there and 
with that being the case, I think being another year here should be going up a step higher. Okay. I mean, and I th- I think that the Rams have had multiple opportunities over the last couple of years to sign and then re-sign pass rushers. And they've let them go every time. Every time. What made them keep Leonard Floyd? People point to the PFF numbers on him that showed he wasn't really all that great. But those of us who watched him play know what the Rams asked him to do. And the stats don't show it. That's why you resign him. Because he did everything they asked him to do and he did it well. He, he was not going to show up on the PFF numbers because of what they asked him to do. And I don't think they're going to change that with, with their coach gone now. I think they're going to keep the same system at least in place for him, the same plan in place for Leonard Floyd, and that's why I disagree. I think they sign him knowing what they can do with him, and they're going to keep him in that role. Why do you pay someone a crazy amount of money to play a different role in your team? That seems so well, to me. Yeah, now you got to think of it like this. What if uh, our new DC see something that can make those guys even more effective. I mean, you know it's I mean? Morris. The guy's yeah. a very talented coach. I'm sure he can. Yeah, so the thing is, we we may, you know, Young Staley had one year in that, that seat, but obviously I would say Raheem has a little more experience. But he may have looked at film and said, oh, man, I'd be able to, I would have done this and did that. And, man, you guys probably would have had double production i don't know but i gotta think that with all the things that we're seeing they know a little bit more what's going on and what the plan is ultimately you know what i mean and maybe that's why they felt like you know maybe brockers wasn't going to be as much of a fit i don't know you know so i i just i just like the idea that uh these things are starting to, to show themselves, and you're going, okay, okay, that makes sense. Uh, I definitely agree with you about Hill. It uh, seemed like we, we should have found a few dollars for that, but, but we'll see what uh, the young bucks that are still here and what they can do pretty soon. So speaking of Hill, where does he fall on the NFL.com best signs or worst signs list? Well. I'm going to say it's worst signing for us, best signing for where he signed. Okay. Well, and you're correct. He falls under the best signings list for the Browns. He signed for two years at nine mil worth 4.5 guaranteed. Uh, he was pretty much a starter last year and played very well. So you're getting a starting quarterback for 4.5 mil. True. True. That's a, a and deal. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, John Johnson's three-year contract, including 24 mil. I think it's worth 33 total, what I read earlier. Is this on the best signing or worst signing list? Worst signing. Really? Why? Well, because, again, some of these situations are based on a scheme you're in. Sometimes when you go to a different place, yeah, it's a great signing for you. But if the scheme doesn't really fit the things that you do, then you're going to look like you're not as good as you were or something happened to you, you know. And so that's why I say it's that's that's, you know, worse, not worse for him. But just given the situation, uh, it may be a little bit tougher for him to excel. I mean, they have him as a, as a best signing. One of the best signings. And I happen to, well, I'm going to disagree with you. I agree. I, I, Johnson is a leader, you know, defensive captain. And let's be real, that Brown secondary was so awful last year. I mean, he immediately makes it better no matter what scheme he's in. Yes. Yes. And it, he'll bring so much to that defense. And I don't think he signs there without assurances that they're going to use him in the way that he's best. He could have got. I'm sure he he could have gone somewhere else, man. He didn't have to go to Cleveland. This is Cleveland we're talking about. This is where stars go to die in many years past. Not anymore. 
<laughs> but so are you saying uh Cleveland now will take over and be the new Green Bay? Because back in the day before Reggie White signed there, don't go to Green Bay. And then after he signed, now everybody kind of can go to Green Bay. Well, you, but, you, but you see, that's the thing. Is, is Green Bay, it's like a 120,000 person city in the middle of cheese country. Cleveland, if they can just put a good organization together and keep it good, there are a lot of reasons to go play in Cleveland. I, I mean, I, I know that you're thinking when you play, you this, you played in the mistake by the lake. You know, where sewage is coming up in the field, man. I know you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you, yeah. This is, they don't play in that anymore. Okay. That's true. And this is a Midwestern city, yes. A Rust Belt city, yes. But, you know, I-90 goes right through the city. Okay. You can be on the road to New York City in a heartbeat to Detroit, wherever you want to go. You're, uh, you're getting on the lake in the summertime. That's a place to be. There's a lot of good things about playing in Cleveland if you can get past the fact that it's Cleveland and people have a bad, it has a bad rep. So, you know, Ohio summers are actually not too shabby. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to like about living and playing in Ohio if the organization is has got together. But if it doesn't, so I honestly think that if Cleveland keep it together, it's better than going to Green Bay. Quite frankly, it's better than going to Green Bay. That's almost sacrilege. But in my view, the Cleveland Browns are also a legacy franchise that have they been run properly, had they actually figured out their same issues back in the 90s, they have two Super Bowl wins under their belts. Instead, the Ravens have them. Just want to point that out. That's that's a good fact. Good fact. So, I mean, this is a this is a team that won multiple AFC. Division titles went to some AFC Championship games in the 80s. A team that was constantly competing in the 70s as well. Won NFL titles in the 60s, 1964. Won many in the 40s. And when they came into the NFL in 1950, and they just dominated everybody. They ran the Rams out of town, dude. They ran the Rams out of Cleveland. I mean, there were a lot of other factors with it. But, you know... When, once Paul Brown got this, this, the Cleveland Municipal Stadium contract, that was pretty much it. There's a lot to play in Cleveland. And so John Johnson, if John, I think of, I think you played against these guys. Think of Frank Minifield. Yeah. I mean, these guys to this day are still legends. If legends. John Johnson plays his cards right, the guy will never pay for, pay for a meal in Cleveland. True. He can become a legend in that city. He could make a. He could be. King, he could be a king make, kingmaker up there. I mean, these the players that stay in Cleveland they, they be, and do well. They don't even have to be great. Just be do well. John Johnson's a perfect fit for Cleveland. Perfect fit, and it sucks for us because I love that guy, man. One of my favorite Rams ever. Yeah, baller, baller, a winner. A leader. I mean, this is a huge loss to the Rams. Leadership-wise, this is a huge loss to the Rams. We won't know how big a loss it is for the Rams until we find out who takes over as that captain on the defense. Who, who makes the calls? Who's in charge of the secondary? Is it Jalen Ramsey? We won't know how, how, how bad it is until it's over. So... Good on John Johnson. Good on the Browns. Sucks for us. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, DC. Dude, I the John Johnson loss really is it's, it's a tough one. A tough one. The Rams couldn't afford the 11 mil a year he got. I know that. No matter how much they cut there, they, they just, I know that. But man, it still sucks. It still sucks. Now, if Taylor Rapp was a cover corner, I mean, not a cover corner, more of a cover safety, I'm not feeling as bad. And maybe he'll develop into that. We'll find out. Okay, a couple more things. Really one more thing. And you and I kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand, but we, we can't ignore it. Um, we signed Deshaun Jackson. 
Now there's Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson for the for the Texans has been involved in a big kind of debate out there. He's requested a trade from the Texans, and all of a sudden, accusations started popping up. They just started popping up. And they weren't the good kind of accusations. They're the kind of accusations that make you go, oh, really? Really? Well, this is basically sexual harassment, sexual assault, sexual you name it. It's now, I think, 16 women have now stepped forward and accused Deshaun Watson of uh, improper behavior. Uh, The one that came out today actually stated uh, that she believes he's a serial predator. And uh, we, we, we can't ignore this is a this is now with frequency winding down. This is now the story in the NFL, unless a major trade happens. But I mean, this guy's a bona fide star, star, as you know, close to elite level quarterback. You build franchises around this guy, and there were a lot of folks who wanted the Rams to go get him. So, as awkward as this conversation is, well, what are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, man, it's, it's uh, you know, I've kind of picked it up a little bit, you know, since we're back out playing and, you know, you're always at least, we're trying to always bring to light, you know, positives of someone. Deshaun was uh, uh, someone we talked about earlier in the year, well, end of last year, uh, and now to hear these kinds of accusations, you know, obviously you're innocent until proven guilty. Shouldn't jump to conclusions. Uh, you just kind of start getting a little sick to the stomach once it get once the numbers start climbing. But then it's like, if a guy was like this, it seems like we would have heard something at some level before. These aren't kinds of things that you can just keep covered up if the things that are being accused have happened. So, yeah, it's just it's just kind of odd that the timing uh and believe me, I'm I'm one of the ones that never discount uh having two daughters uh of what someone would say someone's done to them, but obviously in these situations, these are some pretty harsh accusations of impropriety. So, uh just hoping that's not the case. You know, this young man seems to have done all the right things. You know, you didn't hear not a negative thing of him in college, whereas we've heard some about other quarterbacks who then had some trouble in the league. But with Deshaun, you hadn't heard anything but just a stand-up guy. So these accusations are pretty serious. And, man, again, I just hope that, Something can happen, but it just seems like a large number of women that are now stepping forward. Uh, and I just don't think that women are just going to. And and maybe they do. Maybe I'm still a little bit naive, but I just don't think when they got to start putting you in front of people and talking about your whole sexual history and things like that. I don't know that you're going to go out there and not tell the truth just to get all kinds of things about yourself exposed because that's what's going to happen at the end of the day. But this guy just got, you know, paid a lot of money last year. And, you know, we've we've known some situation where you find out down the road that some people are willing to try to go get paid. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate. What, what, What do you think, man? I don't know what to think. I mean, in today's Me Too world, we it is believe all women. But the reality is, is we don't know what this guy's life is like outside the public eye. I mean, there's a lot of people you think are great people that wind up being dogs in today's world. That's true. You know, and there are a lot of people you think are dogs. You find out some behind-the-scenes stories about them. You wow, go, well, that was you know that was really great to hear. I 
don't know. I wonder I wonder about the timing of it like you do on how do you all of a sudden go from a squeaky clean image to 16 people accusing you within a matter of a couple of weeks. I mean, especially when we're now really past the peak of the whole Me Too movement too, where by now, I can't think of a time in American history where it's safer, and I'm not saying safe, but safer for people to come forward and and make their accusations known. So, it's hard to say. It's hard. It's hard for me to really grasp, and, and maybe people can can quote educate me on this. But these aren't these aren't criminal. In most of these cases, a lot of these are civil suits being filed, and I've never really viewed civil suits as as being indicative of real guilt. Like you. You have to be, I'm not saying people aren't guilty either, or are aren't guilty. I'm saying that the the, the court of law, where you're going to prison for something, has always carried more weight for me. Think of the O.J. Simpson case. The O.J. Simpson case, he's he's found not guilty. Um, To this day, many, many people, many people, believe he was. But the civil case, he's found guilty. Do we ever talk about that? We talk about the, the case where he's found not guilty. We talk about the case that we found where he's found not guilty. The civil case um, is just kind of like a, it's we're after money. So, I mean, it's just a little bit different for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. So if you love it enough, you you might be evil enough to maybe not tell the truth. But yeah, the the standard of proof in a civil suit is a lot lower than it is in a criminal. So some people can definitely take that route, figuring worst case scenario, I'm going to get something out of this. Um, Obviously, lawyers want to take it on because they typically will get a big bulk of the whatever the payment is anyway from all the fees that they're charging. So, uh, but yeah, it's just unfortunate. It's really unfortunate, man. But and all that I want to say, the reality is, is, is 16 people, man. That's a lot of people to come forward. And I really... The sheer number itself, in my view, lends credibility, if that makes sense. It makes the accusations more credible. It's not some random one-off. It, this is, it's more than that. But it's, I honestly don't know. You want to believe the person you've gotten to know in the public eye. But for honest, we don't know him at all. We know he's a great football player. Yes. It doesn't, yes. doesn't mean you're a great man. Right. Right. And that's that's where, you know, it really can be unfortunate because to what links, you know, and again, not saying anyone's guilty, not saying that at all. Just a what if. Unfortunately, in some of these situations, that's all it takes is for somebody to have enough boldness, enough strength to say, yeah, I'm not letting this slide. I don't care how embarrassed I am. I don't care what my sexual record might be. I'm going to tell. And then the next thing you know, ooh, someone told. And then another one tells. That happened to me too. And so, uh and again i'm i'm hoping that something can happen but when you look at the sheer numbers as you mentioned and as i cuz you know i think when i first heard it just was like an accusation then it was like a two other people i think but now once you get up in the teens then it goes okay wait a minute how many more 
could it be? You know, or is this a true people like, yeah, well, I'm going to try to get on this, too, and hope that, you know, again, civil, you can pay and make it go away. Some people have a uh, a price, but I'm with you a little bit, Derek. Yeah, sometimes my dignity is not worth the price. No, you over there, you're going to pay the highest price. We're not getting any money. No. Let's see about what you're going to do if, you know, behind bars. But some people, you know, they can kind of say, you know what? Maybe I forgive a little bit and I'm going to take some of this pay too and call it a day. But uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate, man. It's just unfortunate. All the great things. And then, you know, uh, but even still, there's a number of teams I know that are still looking to make a trade with, with the the Texans. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Now, one thing, though, D.C., what do you think about the league? Some people felt like Goodell is not doing anything. But I'm thinking, like, what is he supposed to do? He can't just go kick dude out the league just because – you know, of accusations. What are your thoughts on that? Well, this has been my problem from the get-go. Like, any any time we're seeing accusations really against anybody, we're seeing people calling for their jobs before they've had any due process. Right. You know, you, you're going to destroy someone's life, and they haven't even had their day in court yet. That's a problem for me. That's a you're, it's a real problem. And so I don't think Goodell or the Texans or anybody would be doing the right thing just to throw this guy under a bus to suspend or anything. You don't you just don't know how this whole thing's going to pan out yet. A, but B. There's a stand you gotta take, like due process. Allow them time to have due process. If it becomes abundantly clear that this man is guilty, then you can begin the process of divorcing yourself from, from him. But until he has his day in court, until they see the actual evidence, I think they'll be wrong to do anything with him. Now, if this is a court of law thing, where they have more access to it, where they've had investors come in there talking with them, you know, they, there may be more justification for it. But this is a civil thing right now, mostly, from what I understand. I just think you got, I think you have to let this thing play out. You know, you don't want, think of the Duke Lacrosse case years ago. Okay. And there's been other cases like that where people went out there and, destroyed those players. Yeah. And you come to find out that they were actually innocent. Right. And their entire careers were destroyed there at that school. And, you know, that leaves you open for being sued, by the way. Right. You don't like the position the Texans are in or the NFL is in with this whole thing, but sometimes the best thing to do is just sit and wait and let someone play out. And then you decide. Don't be in a rush to fire somebody. For two reasons: one, because you could destroy their life, or they could, or it could come back and hurt you, or both. Yeah. So just wait. I mean, the people who are out there calling for this dude, dude Ted, or in many other cases too, for against men, against women. A lot of these, a lot of these people don't really have a, any skin in the game. They're right. just activists, and while activism is good. It's not their life that's going to be ruined. You don't ruin someone's life until you know for sure that their life deserves to be ruined. That's why we have due process rights. Right. People can say, well, hey, you know, it's, this, is, this is not in the court of law here. This is, this is you know, the NFL. It's, it's a privilege. Yeah, it's a privilege. A privilege he earned. Until he's found guilty of something, until there's abundant evidence that he actually did these things, which there may be. You don't take that from him. 
You don't destroy this person's life yet. You don't destroy it at all. You, you, when, he's, when he's found guilty of a crime, when you've seen sufficient evidence that he committed that crime, then you make the call until then. You don't ruin someone's life. Right. This, is, this goes back, this, this is actually where he's doing cancel culture. I think cancel culture is ridiculous. There's always there's a time and place to, to to cancel something, but it's so out of control now that the moment there's an accusation out there on somebody, where we see a society that's willing to destroy lives, and that's just not you 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 show me a person, and I'll show you a sinner. Everybody's got something in their closet. I'm not saying sir, everybody's true. a I'm not saying everybody's a sexual assault person. Okay. That's true. I'm not saying that, but if somebody wants to find something to destroy you, they probably can. Come on, preach it. So that's my view on it. Cancel cultures, for that reason alone, we got to stop this stuff. If he deserves to lose his job down the line, Mike, I know I'm a little bit of a rant here. If he deserves to lose his job down the line, then he deserves to lose it. You know, and, and it, with 16 accusations, that's hard to shake. Those women deserve to be heard, that's for sure. So, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, whether they deserve it or not, they will be heard at this point. Yeah, absolutely. They will be heard, you know. And they so, should be. Yeah, yeah. So. so, hope that's not too controversial for everybody. We've spent right. longer on that than we wanted to. Um, but we'd ask you, if you get a chance, again, to subscribe to the show, I Love Music, or whatever you listen to us. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at, at DC Puck. You can follow Mike at 1223. And you can follow our account overall at Talk Rams. Don't forget us on Facebook. We also have a, a group, the Rams Talk Room. You just sit there and our guys go in there. Everybody just comes in and talks about trash, really. It's fine. And as always, we'll see you next time. Have a great one. We're out of here. <laughs>